Welcome to this week's Silk Grassroots Podcast, The Amateur Footballer, brought to you by the Down to Play app. Grassroots football is finally back and we're buzzing. Get Down to Play today, the UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. Hope everyone is well. My name is Tabriz from the Amateur Footballer podcast on the Selk platform, one of the biggest grassroots platforms in the world. Yes, I've said it once more. Thank you for listening. This episode, I had the honour to speak to Dulwich Hamlet defender, legend Sanchez Ming. And we spoke about his journey into football, uh, the pitfalls, um social media we talk about players we even spoke about the super league as well so um hopefully you guys enjoy this episode it's it's around an hour and a bit long so um great content if you're on your way to work um in the car again please subscribe to the selk podcast also please subscribe to the amateur footballer youtube channel as well thank you guys for listening I have a very special guest. This guy is so hard to get hold of, but you know what? He's a busy guy. He's got things coming left, right, and center. Dulwich, Hamlet, legend, Sanchez Ming. How you doing, sir? Hello, mate. How are you? I'm okay. Could you kind of uh, talk about your like journey thus far into football? I think in comparison to like even some of our kids that we've got right now, I probably started football quite late, to be honest. Um... I think my first proper proper game uh, was probably with a uh, was probably at school. So in uh, year seven, uh, it was probably like a school game. It was probably like my first game of like um, I think it was eleven v eleven in year seven secondary school and a referee and um, like uh, two linos. It was like wow, there's all this stuff going on. Do you know what I mean? Like there's actually offsides and things like that. So. That's when my journey started. Um, very lucky that uh, back then um, there was like a Sunday league team local to me and a few of the boys got their manager to come down and watch me play. And then their manager approached me after the game and was like, oh, can you play for our Sunday league team? I was like, yeah, sure. I just got to go back to my dad and tell my dad about it. Then told my dad, he was like, yeah, no problem. And then um, went down to them. There was Lewisham Youth at the time. It was in Catford, like Rutlands, I believe, uh, next to Elms. And um, yeah, played for Lewisham Youth for about a season. And we was, uh, as I mentioned, we had a, a really, really strong uh, school team with like loads of players who were already at academies. And even when even in year seven, I didn't even know that was even possible to be honest. <laughs> when I got there, people were like, "Yeah, I play for Millwall. I play for West Ham. I play for QPR." I was like, where where are these places? <laughs> um, these times I was just like comfortably just playing in my local estate um, so uh, yeah we were like getting a lot of attention and we had a cup we was going to cup finals left right and centre their uh, scout was obviously at the ground and come watch the game and then he approached my school manager gave him a card give to me and said could Sanchez uh, come down and um, trial at Crystal Palace <laughs> and then I went Crystal Palace from there um was at Chris Palace until end of uh so beginning of YT. Didn't they didn't offer me a YT, funny enough. Mm. They didn't offer me one. Not funny enough, uh, they just didn't offer me one. They didn't they didn't think I was good, they didn't think I was good enough. And at the time, I must confess, uh my my uh, energy towards football was dying out. Okay. It was dying out. Uh back end of school, uh secondary school, I was more focused on other things if I'm being totally honest so um it was probably the right call at the time and uh, Palace Crystal Palace were right to not to offer me anything further football was something which um I was losing interest in in losing interest in there's other things that were obviously taking my attention and then one of my friends um was adamant that I had to play football so he sent me to uh, an asp- aspire sent me to the aspire academy um, in Southwark, he sent me there, and that's when I bumped into uh, two gentlemen by the name of um, Junior Caddy and Gavin Rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, bumped into these guys. I must have been 
back end of school. So I was probably about 15 years old, 14, 15. And then they were like, you can come here. Like, yeah, there's something here for you, but it's got like, it's, it's entirely up to you. They, I think they could see as well that it was like, this guy's, he's all right, but <laughs> his energy really here. Do you know what I mean? Is his energy really here? So they were like, you can come, but, um, you know, it's entirely up to you. And then, um, like, so that, that summer, I never forget it. Like, I didn't even know Caddy that well. I didn't know him. He was just like just the manager, isn't it? It's just manager of his mm. team. And he must have, he just rang me. He knew where I lived, obviously. And I lived really close to him, literally really close to him. And he was like, come to my house. I was like, what? All right, okay. Jumped on my bike, pushed by and rode to his house. And he just had this plastic bag, it's like a Sanger's bag full of boots. So like, uh, I think they were like Addy Pures and like one, of, I think just one or two pairs of Nike and like a pair of like mm. uh, uh, Val Sports, and he was like, "Here, you can have them." I was like, "What?" Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No one had given me anything like that before, to be quite frank. And he was just like, "Yeah, man, um, yeah, you're gonna need them for the summer, innit?" I was like, "What?" I, was like, I just didn't, just didn't get. It, it was just way too yeah. nice to be. Mm. It was just way too nice. He had me in his house, which for one, I just expected to be outside his front door. Mm. And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, you're gonna need them for the summer." And I was like, "All right." And then um, probably about three, four weeks later, obviously I'd broken up from school, waiting my GCSEs and things like that. He just kept on calling me and saying like, uh, come, we're going football. So at that time, we're talking best part of like 12 years ago, no, 15 years ago, yes, 15 years ago now. At that time, loads of non-league players used to meet up and like pros, professional lower league pros and some premiership players actually, funny enough, used to meet up in like uh, Southwark, Crystal Palace, that kind of area, even Beckenham. And they used to, um, excuse me, and they used to uh, used to play this as keep ball, just keep ball. So just find decent grass around the area and just literally make squares for two or three squares and it would be like 7v7 with a follower. And we literally do that for the whole morning from like 9 to 11 o'clock. No running, literally mm. just do that. And it was just all in prep of ticking over. So I got to meet all these like amazing people that have been like uh, who are now still in my life. Loads mm. of them, I know them, got their numbers. And at the time, I was just this sixteen-year-old boy, fifteen, sixteen-year-old boy, just ratting around with these players, just trying to just, just playing football, just doing what I thought was normal, getting in their faces, kicking them by accident. <laughs> They're just like just trying to just tick over. They probably been out the night before. They've probably been on this whatever journey the day before that. They just probably come off holiday that night before and all the things like that. And just come down, lace up their boots just to kick a bit of ball. And I was just like, nah, this is, I'm just, I'm just hungry. I just want to play some football. So all these people were just kept on just saying like, oh, it's this boy. Like, do you know what I mean? And I was obviously really gobby back then as well. I'm really aggressive. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was mad. And then done like a, or done like one season of like youth team football. So like what you call like an under 18s at the time. And we was attached to uh, Fisher Athletic. It was attached to Fisher Athletic. So the Aspire Academy was attached to Fisher Athletic. Who, uh, who And the manager was Wayne Burnett, uh, who's, I think, now the under-23s manager at Tottenham. So Wayne Burnett, he uh, was the, uh, the first team manager at, at uh, Fisher Athletic, who were in the Conference South at the time. And Gaffer says to me and two other players, um, to come and train, go and train with the first team. Okay, great, fantastic. Didn't think much of it anyway. But when I got there, there was like two or three of the guys who had been there the previous summer when I was playing football. Mm. So they were like, oh, yeah, man, come, come sit down yeah. next to me. Lovely, fantastic. Like, you know, kind of, you know what I mean? I felt way yeah. more comfortable. They kind of knew who I was. Mm. So the aggressive or like the abrupt or even the rude Sanchez would come out they kind of would be able to like de-escalate it or even give it a blight when one of the other boys would be like, who's this boy running up his mouth or, <laughs> or, or whatever yeah. else, you know what I mean? Because yeah. effectively I was like 16 years old with a bunch of 22, 23 to 29, 30-year-old players who were either pros, ex-pros or aspiring to be pros. And mm. who the hell was that? So yeah, man, it was just like a blessing in disguise that I'd met these people previously. And then Wayne was just like, you can stay. So I didn't go back with the youth team. I stayed with the first team. So I was just seeing around a lot of senior football at a decent level. And again, the team was set up in a way, 
obviously they they were full time, so they trained on a Monday morning, they trained on a Thursday, trained on a Thursday, then trained trained on Tuesday, trained on a Thursday, then trained on a Friday. So I, my time was occupied immediately, and obviously we're traveling all around south of National South on a Saturday, on a Saturday or Tuesday night. Unfortunately, um, we got to like the playoff final, lost on penalties, and then the team kind of like fell apart because in non-league, you know, you have a big push potentially for one season yeah. with a budget. Yeah. So, well, people start to go elsewhere. Loads of players went to like different clubs. Loads of players got like professional contracts, uh, Yeovil, Dagenham, Brentford, those kind of places at that time and the football league. So then Wayne stayed, but a lot of the team didn't. So I was like, oh gosh, I think that's it now, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Probably going to go back to playing youth team football. But I didn't. He asked me to stay on, offered me like a contract at the time or like a deal at the time. He couldn't offer me a contract because it's non-league and I was obviously under 23. So the good thing, the thing that people always say to you, you don't sign a contract, don't sign a contract, never sign a contract. Mm. If a club comes in for you, it's going to be hard to get you out, all that kind of stuff. So Fisher offered me a certain amount of money. And at that time, it was a lot of money. It's a lot. This is like, what are you doing? This is crazy. I was earning more money there than some of my friends were earning as a YT. And at that time as well, I was living alone. So all this money was just like, it was all mine. And I was totally <laughs> you didn't have to like, share it with no one. <laughs> I didn't share it with no one. I didn't share it with no one. <laughs> and I, obviously, by that time, I'd met a few players at the club and obviously, as I said, a local team. So like this guy called Gavin Days, absolute legend. He lived right next to me. He used to come pick me up every morning, take me to training and drop me home. And I'm telling you, I'm coming in the car, like buzzing. The guy would let me change the channel on the, on the music. <laughs> Like, repeat the song. It was just so cool, man. Yeah. I'll be training. Obviously, we come back from far sometimes or whatever. He would let me sleep in the car. So, anyway, he's driving. I'm just sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, wake up. You're outside the house. <laughs> led. Just led. Gavin Days. Never forget him. Proper guy, man. On the pitch. Like, anyone trouble me, he's in their face. I was just like, yeah, proper big brother at the time. It's led. And then Fisher went bust. So, it just went out. Gone to pot. And then it was like, huh, what are we going to do now? So obviously I phoned uh, Gavin and Cads. I was like, Cads, like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, Fisher's done, blah, blah, blah. Wayne's called me. So Wayne calls me, my manager, and says, like, oh, you're coming to Grey's, Grey's Athletics. I was mm. like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm coming. But okay. let me just phone Caddy and Gaffer, as in Gavin Rose. I was like, let me phone them. They were like, we don't know if you're going to go. I was like, what do you mean? They were like, yeah, there's no point you going there. This is they were in the conference prem at the time, but they weren't doing that well. But they had a big budget, they had like mm. a big or whatever in SXC kind of way. I was like, huh, why? They were like, because um, you might as well just stay in the league you are in. Everyone knows you, go and play senior football at uh, 18, 19 years old. There's clubs that I know will take you on now because they've played against you and they and they really liked what you did against them. Because obviously, I was playing for Fisher, this is the second mm. season, and just be attached to, to, to Grays. So that was the attention. So obviously Wayne was like, what do you mean you're not coming? Then after, then he understood what I said. And he was like, right, great. So got there, uh, signed all the forms as a Grays player and then went on loan to Welling. Welling, I think, uh, Welling, yes, Welling United. Yes, I went on loan to Welling. It's the first time I ever went to Welling. And then I went to Welling, this manager called Andy Ford. Oh, this guy, man, he's like, uh, it was like a proper old school, didn't, like, didn't take training was there didn't take transition at all this guy called uh, Jack. <laughs> but like on a sat on a saturday or tuesday night he was prep very prep all you to decide i want to do this or something to do that blah 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 got there do your thing blah, 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 blah. i was like yeah okay yeah yeah he was like the guy to me i was like yes Gaffer, no problem Gaffer, no problem but then also during the week i'll be at gray's because obviously well in my part-time i'll go and train at ways at gray's and i'll be with wayne and then wayne would be like you're not playing this week. It's a cup game. So I'd be like, huh? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're registered with us. You're not playing this game. So it was nice to be wanted at the time by like a higher yeah. club. But it was a little bit false. But really, I should have just given all my energy and love just to Welling because that was where I was earning. Like, yeah, I was applying my trade. Yeah, I was really applying my trade at Welling. Now, Grays were paying me, funny enough. But I was really applying my trade at Welling. But... There was no real chance of me playing at Grace, but Grace still wanted to like have that because I think Wayne believed in me at that mm. still at that, at that at that time. So yeah, I was just at Welling, smashed that whole season at Welling, but uh, didn't I think I think we didn't make the playoffs. And then this is when um, a little bit of a reality check came in. Like 
I didn't get on with the assistant manager. So it was interesting. And then obviously Welling was like, I didn't know what it was going to do the next season, which was fine. And then um, the assistant manager ends up going to Woking. And then Woking manager, and a few of the players went to Woking. But then the Woking manager rings me and says, we want you to come down. But again, the Woking manager was very similar to the Welling manager. He didn't take training, but he knew that he had a really good coach in the Daki, in Daki who was going to become the um, Welling and Woking manager. Woking uh, assistant, coach, assistant manager. So he, the guy phones me, the manager phones me, he's like, yeah, I want you to come down, you play against us, I've seen you at Welling, I know what you can do, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, the boys speak very highly of you, the boys that I've got already from Welling. Um, uh, come training on Monday, everything will be ready for you. I'm like, okay, great, fantastic, yeah. And then um, about half an hour later, if that, I mean, if, if half an hour, I'm being generous, but in mind, this is like 10 years ago now, 12 years ago now. I get a text, <laughs> massive, massive reality check. He texted me, Max oh, Sanchez, I've made a decision. Unfortunately, we're not going to keep you, we're not going to take you, not going to come allow you to come training. That's when I realized how much like a reference meant, how much reference meant in football. So it's like, oh, okay. Right. What do we do now? Tried to find another club in the conference south. It wasn't really happening. And I ended up, funny enough, ended up as that, as that was happening. Gavin Rose was getting the job at Dulwich. This was the beginning of the Dulwich journey. So Gavin's obviously gone to me like, it's okay, don't worry about it. Come play for us, like in the Ryman South. So I'm thinking, like, Ryman South, like, what? I just like, just, I just started every game. This is going to be really easy, but I can't really go around. This is how I was generally thinking. I can't really go around and say, I play for Dulwich. Dulwich who? And what league are they in? And, oh, well, like, I'm trying to be a professional footballer. This was my aspirations. This is what yeah. I thought I was going to I saw a load of my teammates into professional football. From this level, I just believed it was going to be the route for me. And, um, yeah, that was it. So I went down to the conference south. I down to the south. Different style completely. Tried to play. Done really well. Um, I think we got to like a playoff final. <laughs> Funny enough, I took a penalty in the playoff final game, missed the playoff, missed the penalty after taking like three or four penalties that season and scored them all. We lose. I was like, oh, never mind. I leave there. Uh, I go to Bromley. I think I, I think I go to Bromley. We go Bromley, play quite well, have a good season, leave there, go to Staines. Okay. Um, have a no, that's a lag. I think I'll go back to Dulwich, go back to Dulwich for another season, then go to Staines, have a good time at Staines, rupture my ACL at Staines, leave Staines. Uh, I spend like eight months out during the during the season trying to re rehabilitate. Um, very lucky that I had the connections at Crystal Palace, so Crystal Palace uh, allowed me to come in and do some rehab there. I was going back to Dulwich and getting some rehab there. Really lucky that some of these people let me in because in non-league, if, if something like that happens to you, even though I was on contract and everything else, by the way, there's nothing anyone can really do. They've got physios, they don't have doctors. It's mm. difficult. It's a massive loophole in, um, in non-league football and um or gap should i say not even a loophole um so then yeah rehab already i think i'm coming back i think i'm back so you know i i knock on dulledges though again i'm like gaffer man like can i come back they're in like the ram and prem he's like yeah so i've come in to train i just want to see what my knees like coming to train mm. training it's like march so they're just about to go into the playoffs so i'm thinking like bro like, imagine if Dulledge get promoted back to the conference south and then I'm trying to nick a like a gig here. Let me just train for a little while. Hope that I can yeah. press. So I'm just training, 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 training. They're on their prep. They're like on their way to like a playoff final in the Roman Prem, and they lose. Something oh, unlucky. And then like I get a phone call from Dulwich. They're like, he's like Gaffer. Gaffer calls me. He's like Sanch. Listen, I'm trying to get all, some of the old boys back in. I just want my I just want my players around me. I want to like build a different environment here. Like um. I just want people to know what we're about before they even get here kind of thing and that you fit that mold. So I was thinking like, bro, to be honest, like I was nicking, I was trying to nick something, but yes. I didn't even, I was ready. Like I just yeah. thought, oh, I'm just going to come in and then maybe you're going to register me or during pre-season. But he offered me a deal that day kind of thing. So I'm thinking right. like, bro, this guy, like, maybe I am. I don't have to worry about. So, you know, all that summer, 
before preseason. I was just grafting, trying to just stabilize his knee, stabilize his knee. And then obviously the players are in the complete opposite. They're chilling. They've just yeah. punched out season, isn't it? So day one preseason, boom, gone. Day two, boom, gone. Yeah. Match first match day. Flying. They, everyone's like, fuck, like, where's this guy? <laughs> so, like, um, I'm thinking, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And obviously, your knee's holding up, nothing to worry about. Obviously, I'm really cautious with my knee. I'm telling yeah. um, the physios are like, really, they're cautious, like, all right, chill out, blah, 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 do this, do that. And then um, I kind of like blew up, I believe. So, probably like January, February, I just blew up. I just couldn't maintain. I'd like basically I'd done everything. I just my body had just like slowed down a little bit. Mm. Didn't have no knee reoccurrence. I was just my gas was just it was just different. It was just different. Everyone had caught up with my I don't know yeah. and then my um, uh, closed season training and everyone had got match fit with me. So the yeah, the, yeah. the um, impact that I was having was just slightly different. Mm-hmm. But I still had obviously the nous to keep myself going through games and things like that. And obviously we're pushing for playoffs. I think, I think we, I think we lose. Yeah, we lose that playoff to Bognar. We lose that playoff final to Bognar, and then the gaffer's like, so everyone's thinking like, bro, that's it. I believe Dalija probably lost that four finals at this stage. So I'm thinking like, rotted, like that's it, man. We're done. Do you know what I mean? I can see this team obviously opening up. We had some players that year, by the way. So um, like I'm thinking, okay. Cool, no problem. And then we have like a team meeting about two weeks later. Bear in mind, we're just on the way back from Bognar. Coach, quiet. Like, no one. <laughs> you know, I can imagine that's a long journey as well. What? Long journey. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even sure if we even like ate properly. Like, no one, usually on the coach, come out and be like, Bognar, where are we stopping off? No one's saying, oh, what? <laughs> it's just like, oh, whatever. Like, Dulwich, typical, get there, not win. So, um, then everyone's just obviously on the phone, like, oh, where are you going? What are you going to do? I'm going to try and get a trial here. I'm going to try and do this there. I'm, wow, this guy talking to me. I'm just sitting there thinking, like, oh, I'm buzzing. I even played a season. I didn't think my knee was even going to be alive. The way the coach, uh, the doctors spoke to me after getting my rehab or getting the, sorry, having the operation was like, Bridget, you just need to just get in the gym and like just make sure you can walk again. Like that was the side of me. I knew that I was just in a massive privilege in comparison to the average man to play football again. Yeah, Gaffer calls everyone in about a month, a month later, big team meeting, and no one even knows this. But I, I walk into the obviously I walk into the private chat. So everyone's lined up. Walk into the private chat, and before I even sat down, so in this private chat, it was me, Gaffer, Caddy, and um, a guy called Tambo at the time. He was like a like a fitness coach, first like a first team assistant coach. And I goes, I ain't leaving. I ain't leaving. <laughs> I don't leave, I don't leave and he's like, the gaffer, gaffer just, but no, Caddy bursts out laughing. He's like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm leaving. And neither are my players either. None of my players are leaving. We're going to win. We're going to just do it next year. So make sure all these lot out there, don't make sure you didn't send no one home telling them they're not signing because we're all staying and we're just going to smash it up next season. And then like, gaffer goes, sit down. So I sat down now and he's like, listen, you're right. We're going to keep the majority of this squad. We know what we're going to add. Blah, blah 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 like we fell short but we're gonna give it like basically one more crack so you know he said like just keep yourself ticking i know your knee blah blah blah, blah. i advise you not to slow down too much but don't go overboard and um i'll see you in july and we got some players in and we just went for it man and then um during that season i don't know if you know or don't if you remember but got kicked out of our home grounds i was thinking like oh, this place like Everything's yeah. just against us. Yeah. What are we gonna do? But it was on TV. It was yeah. It was it was um. It was on TV. I can remember that was like uh five six years ago. What? What? Actually, yeah. longer than that. Yeah. So like, imagine my mum. My mum. She doesn't even care about football like this. She's like, Sam, you, you still at work? I'm like, yeah. She's like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone at work was speaking like because she works for like a local council. And like oh, everyone was just speaking about it and blah 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 and blah blah blah. So you got kicked out. So where are you gonna play then? I was like, yeah, mum, we've been shipped down to like Tooting. She's like, oh, that's far. And I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, okay. So um, what happens now? I said, oh, to be fair, like you've got the maddest fans, mum. Like they just follow them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. Like yeah, they, they want you trouble. So like we just literally yeah. 
took over a whole new ground. Yeah. The pitch was a bit different. Our home grounds mm. are home grounds. We believe, I, I, sorry, let me speak for myself. I believe our home grounds really tight and cute and intimate. Mm. And like, like to, um, Tottenham, um, Tooting's like quite open. Yeah. It's used to argue and say it's about the same size. Well, I just said, no, nah, no, nah, this pitch is bigger. Even the fact that there was like open parts of the ground made the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously we're playing in these games and we were just, just turning teams over, turning teams over, turning teams over. I'm like, this, this club's different, man. These players here, this team I've got here is just different. We're just going to do all right. Keep it simple. Get down to play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. And then, I don't know if it... It must be during that season. Yeah, it must be the beginning of that season. I have to add this in. This guy takes over Billy Ricky. And I'm like, what do you mean there's a millionaire that's just plunging, like, <laughs> plunging money into a Ryman Prem club? I'm saying all the players that I'd been playing against in the league above who were like top hitters who would be in and around the playoffs have just suddenly walked into this Billy Ricky team. Prem mm. players, people that have played in Champions League finals were just Yeah, yeah. Jermaine Pendant went there, innit? Yeah. And, and like the left back, the ball daddy guy, he went. Um, Paul Koncheski. Paul Koncheski. They had Jamie O'Hara. They had like some decent players who were, I believe were like uh, decent players, even from, but I'm saying from my level, who I'm like, yeah. these are the players that usually you see them at near the, somewhere near the top. So I was like, well, what are we going to do? Listen, my team is good, really, really good. Mm. Right? It was like local good. This was like all around everyone yeah, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. You guys, yeah, these guys were traveling in to play for this club. So, you know, we were neck and neck. Whereas the previous year, it was Bognor. But after Bognor, I didn't see no competition for us. But now it was like we just grew a new competition in um in Billericay. I think that season, Billericay won it with like 100 and odd points. And we had come second with like 90 odd points. Jesus. And we were just thinking, there's no way we've just done all of this to then mm-hmm. go to the playoffs again. And then uh, bottle it. The hottest day of the year is a scorching. Like, we have to usually, Dulwich is traditional home games. You wear suit and tie, bridging, like driving, <laughs> like hanging up your shirt on, in the car. Because if you put that shirt on, by the time you, you get out of the car, patches, it? <laughs> it's everywhere, man. So, like, get out of the car, you're carrying the shirt in, you're half naked, <laughs> to the ground. And then everyone's like really nervous. He's named the team, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, okay, cool. And then um, it was like one all. Listen, we had the uh, goalkeeper, our main goalkeeper got injured. And um, we got a, a goalkeeper called An- Amadou on loan, yeah? Listen, this guy, man, he's come in just like clean sheet after clean sheet after clean sheet. Mm-hmm. And Preston was a bad boy goalkeeper at the time. Yeah. Bad boy, like unstoppable, but clean sheet after clean sheet after clean sheet. Like m- bad boy saves, proper like goal saves. Like I'm saying, this is a goal, bam, saving it. Because the final, my man more or less lets one in. We're like, what? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Something's going on. There's something happening in the atmosphere. We're saying this cannot be promoted. I are play. Look at each other like. What? So we're going to have to win it next year. <laughs> this is what's happening. One nil down. Boom. Okay, we score. Gavin Tomlin scores. One one. We just can't score. Can't score. I think my brother Nairon hits the post. Hits a crossbar. Something mad like that. We just the goal's not going in. And then um, uh, play it's, it's penalties. It's penalties. Yeah, penalties. Yeah, I remember that. Penalties. So it's like all right, penalties. And um, I put my hand up. I'm like. So basically, the guy that scored, I don't even know what number it is, but the guy that scored, if he misses, I'm next to take the penalty. So when he's going up to kick this ball, obviously, if he scores, we win. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. just kick the ball in the goal. <laughs> I don't want to make that wall. Because the last penalty <laughs> for the club, I missed. Do you understand? This is on my yeah. mind. No one can't yeah, tell yeah. me. Like, this is on my mind. It's at the back of my head. And then, um, and little Del Nash, all my family were there. Like, my missus was there. I didn't even know that at the time. Dippo scores, boom, goal. Crowd goes crazy, man. Yeah, like they flooded. Listen, like <laughs> non-league, yeah. So every man and his dog 
from, from around the area come to watch this game because Dali had a big fun anyway. But then all of my friends, all friends, people that were in my area, around my area, knew about Dali and knew about local players' affiliation with Dali. So they were also there. I'll never forget, like, some guy picks me up, puts me on his shoulder, and, like, <laughs> fans around me. I'm thinking, this, this is not Lee, but the place is going, <laughs> nah, going crazy. The whole, the whole ground, the whole grass is flooded. Like grass, like you can't see grass. Like it's a little bit even like scary because I didn't even yeah. know you were, and they were just just grabbing. Yeah, hundred like, percent. Yeah. Grabbing yeah. strangers, like can you give me your shirt? Give me your shirt. I'm like, can I just can I just get to? The <laughs> can I breathe? You, like, whoa, whoa, I, like, I've experienced that as like yeah, I know what that feels like. So mm. I can only only imagine what it must be like when you've got ten to fifteen to twenty thousand fans. Because we probably had about five or six fans in there. I don't know. But the capacity wasn't probably spilled over. But, yeah, there was a lot of people at the ground just suffer, just suffocating us. And then we managed to get inside. Like, oh, bro, when we got inside. To be honest with you, yeah, unless I've got this all wrong and it's like a dream, the place was quiet. <laughs> in the changing room, it was quiet. I don't think anyone really realised what had happened. And then I think the gaffer and the manager come in and then it just went... Rah! Everyone was just going mad. It was just like alcohol, or like like just every water, every people just flying around. Everyone was just hugging each other. Like we'd done it, we'd done it, done it, done it. Nothing, no one could change it. Like no, nothing. They changed our, they moved our ground. They were chatting rubbish. They were saying they're gonna that the club was gonna fold and all of this. But do you know what? No yeah. What and promoted and it's like just like on the like it's not even one of the biggest achievement in football for me like to create history mm-hmm. Dulwich has never been never been in a league that they're in now oh, it's just crazy man it's crazy and like cut along so short that's like my football journey in a nutshell to be honest like man, that was the end one, that man. was the that, that, that the end of it that like, I'd done something I'd achieved something I've always spoke to managers in the past and they were like a lot of players play football, they, don't even, they don't even win anything there's nothing mm-hmm. there's nothing to it they just play they just they just finish yeah. full finish finish 12 finish 21st don't get relegated, get relegated. So when we done that, it was like, yeah, tick. As a business owner, business, uh, uh, I'm a runner, director, whatever you want to call it. Um, I get it. She's probably an unpopular decision or opinion, should I say. I get it. I, I certainly get it. The, the kind of figures that I'm hearing that a club can make in terms of 60, 70, 80 million pounds a year to then potentially earning 300 million a year is like, an absolute no-brainer. Of course, you're gonna uh, put your finger in finger in that pie and say your your club's a part of that. Especially if you know your other local neighbours in terms of the top six or the super clubs within Europe are considering it. You can't be seen to miss out on that from mm. a business perspective. From a footballer's perspective, uh, I would have not. I would have nothing to do with it. And I think all the players were right to say that. Obviously, as I'm from a manager, I I um I'm a part of a team that um, manager some grassroots teams on a Sunday, and we wouldn't want to play. Well, we we prefer playing in the games that have meaning. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? We play development yeah. football, so sometimes we play and it's just development games, and sometimes we play and it's a cup final. It's a cup. It's a cup game knockout. The atmosphere is different. The parents' atmosphere is different. The players are the players are different. Once the players know. What kind of game it is that weekend? You can see it in their chest. The chest is a lot more firmer. Um, the ball gets punched around a bit more. Everyone's emotions are higher. That's what football is about. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, even from a, an educational point of view, uh, as a PE teacher, um, there is a time of the year where we go to school competitions. Um, and sometimes we have school competitions where they're festivals. So, you know, it's just for the children to be inclusive and for them to have fun and learn sport and uh, on, on a some kind of a competitive level against other schools. And then there's sometimes when we're playing sports competitions where it's winner takes all. That's what it, that's what sport is geared towards. It's not for everyone, don't get me wrong, but please believe when you're playing at the highest level, those people play on like an, a, like an, a phrase of like an iron sharpens iron. Mm. You know? um, that's what I believe would, would have been the massive... Um, uproar from the players' point of view, and in terms of a fan's perspective, I can only say it like this: uh, In short, if Man United are playing Real Madrid in 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 America or in or in um, Malaysia, far, yeah, somewhere else, yeah. Far East in the middle of June, July, or August, whenever preseason is, 
me personally, I think I, I love Man United. Um, I don't care about that game. It's nothing to do with me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I find the score. I find the score. If I don't find the score, I don't. I don't find the score. Mm-hmm. Man United playing Real Madrid in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm, I, I, I want to know what's going on. I want to see how we're going to match up against the very best in Europe. And I think that's the only way that the fans obviously were looking at this game. Like, what what would these games even mean to me? And how would I even? How can I even justify it to my missus or to my work, to my family that I've got to travel to X mm-hmm. on a Wednesday night to watch mm-hmm. this play? Bring my two kids, who are also young supporters of of said team, fly back, get back to work. What, where are we going with this? Who's yeah. who's who's who are we actually appealing this? Who's this game actually for? Mm-hmm. Or oh, is it for us? As the fans who have mm-hmm. also stuck, stuck by a team, by the way, during a pandemic, yep. the we still um, subscribe to those crazy subscriptions that they were putting before. <laughs> Probably didn't have, <laughs> didn't have Sky. Now got Sky and like a frozen season ticket, so when they yeah. does come back, they can go and watch the team again. It's like a massive slap in the face from a private perspective. Like, yeah, we know you're there, but we don't really care about you. Yeah, that's what it was kind of looking like. So it was only ever going to get shut down. I know it will come back. They will just come back with a cuter proposal, mm. uh, with a lot more of a consideration. They just they just chucked out the big. They just chucked out the big pie. Yeah. To see, what, see if it was going to get nibbled. It, it, no one was interested in it, so they're just going to pull it back in and then see what they can recreate, and then um, they will just produce another option because it's something that, according to the president of Real Madrid, everyone's tied into now. Yeah. Yeah, he's trying to say like, listen, if you think this is things over, more for you. Do you just wait? You have to just wait and see. But you're gonna get some big players that will just turn around and say like, no, 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 thank you. Like, especially if the FA, FA, if the UEFA and the FIFA are saying things like, um, if you're playing that, you're not, you can't get any more international caps. If you're playing that, you can't, mm-hmm. can't your team can't, your t- your team can't play in the season, or you can't mm-hmm. play domestic cups. Listen, as you can see on the TV right now, you've got the best team in the country saying that they want to win, I think, what, three out of the four trophies. Everyone wants well, Liverpool. Like, I've not heard Liverpool say that yet. <laughs> <laughs> City saying they want to win three out of the four trophies, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you can see that the best players in, in the world, they want to win. They mm. want to compete on every front. They want to hang up their boots and say that I have this times two, that times three, that times four, that times five. Do you know what I'm saying? I think you saw the boys the other day, the City boys, they were putting up mm. like number fours, number sixes. Mm. You know, walked away with like six, six, six league cups. Yep. Do you know what I'm saying? There was a time when, I don't know, obviously a little bit older than me, but when I was going up, no one even cared about the league cup like that. Mm-hmm. True. So the fact that these people are putting in their energy to win everything and then they're going to turn around and say that we're going to play in something which doesn't have any winner. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think people at the top have got anyone else to tell them no or to tell them that this isn't a good idea. Otherwise, that it wouldn't it shouldn't it wouldn't have come out. Who's a better passer, David Beckham or Kevin De Bruyne? Um, it's, it's difficult again. I have to um, obviously I can't just chuck it out there. Like, <laughs> when I was when I was watching David Beckham play, I still didn't have an understanding of football like I have today. Yeah. The way I see Kevin De Bruyne pass the ball now, it would only be Kevin De Bruyne. But when I've seen some old videos and like YouTube clips of um, David Beckham cross the ball and like, mm. when like an inside right mid like an inside right sided midfielder, and he passed the ball across the pitch, and that it's a different gear. It's a different, a different, different gear. It's a different, a different gear. So, off the, off of what I can see today, Kevin De Bruyne is on another level, but. That doesn't take anything away from David Beckham. David Beckham was was something else. So that, yeah. that guy, that guy was something else. Like, yeah. he, he literally, I don't, I don't think Kevin De Bruyne is doing what he did in terms of he he changed the way people kicked the ball. David Beckham, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 definitely. Can't discard that. Listen, I remember yeah. growing up and watching him like um, like curl the ball. So. Mm. Oh, mum, mum, I need those Asher. T- I need those in Asher. T- I went to like, I think it might have been JJB at the time. Mum, I see those. I need those. I got a pair yeah. of added accelerators. Yeah, those, yeah bro. Yeah. I, I went outside. I went out, after bearing in mind, I've seen my older cousin with added that's Predator with like, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like little Lego pieces. So I went mm-hmm. outside and I hit the ball the side of my foot. 
That's, I didn't I didn't know about lacing it yet. It was the side of my foot. So bear yeah. in mind, I got pro punting to side of my foot. <laughs> it was just side of my foot, side of my foot, side of my foot, because I saw Dave Beckham do it. Yeah. That yeah. arm was out, side of my foot. Like, <laughs> that was it. That was it. Yeah, that shit. I, was, I, was, I was quick as well, but no, no, no. Dave Beckham kicks the ball like this. This is who you need to be. This is who you need to play like. I believe the kids have something similar, but at that time, the branding and the 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 way he was advertised, yeah, like side kicking the ball with the front of your the side of your foot was all that people were trying to do. Facts. All that people were trying to do. Facts. With social media, there's only so much racism on social media because people are like, the people know they can get away with it. Facts. Actual that gen that gentleman that says what he says to the other player to the to the to the footballer of a certain race wouldn't say that to his face. Just they just no. wouldn't. They wouldn't, or the average one wouldn't anyway, because there'll be repercussions for that, whether it's from the player or whether it's from the, the other, from the public knowing and can actually target that person. They just, they just wouldn't do it. So that would be the first. That would be one of the first ways. The second way is that the government and, say, for instance, the police. I don't know which way it would work, but social media platforms need to be held accountable for it getting through. I saw something that. Um, I think it might have been um, one of the big hitters said something along the lines of that uh, we've cleared 60, 70% of some of the things that we think go against uh, racism, go against um, uh, our our accounts and our and our rules and guidelines. Yeah, but you're not doing 100%. So that you know then things fall through the gap. But I'm telling you, if there was a hundred thousand pound fine, or there was a hundred, or there was a, a four million pound fine. Just kidding, you numbers. You would find that thirty percent, and you would make it a hundred percent quick, pretty Facts. soon. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. once people get hit with that, then boom. The, the third thing, which I think is the most spoken about, and the one that probably's got like a bit of a nose up, is is, is the big hitters coming off of social media. I don't know who he is. Oh, yeah, it'd probably be someone like Paul Pogba. I don't know a black player, by the way. Paul Pogba, Neymar, uh, Mbappe, these boys, Sterling, these boys, Rashford, these men have probably got like 50, 60, 30, 40, 100 million pound, 100 million view uh, followers. They pulled off. Social media would know about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. These boys, like Virgil van Dijk, they, these guys, they would. The social media would know about it. And if they pulled off with the notion of you need to correct it before we come back. There would be a meeting the next morning um, in the, in the Twitter or the Instagram headquarters about how we're going to fix this. Tiger Woods, Floyd Mayweather, do you know what I'm saying? Lewis Hamilton. If these boys just pulled out and said, "Oh, same way Henri did," mm. um, then there'll be a conversation about it. Uh, so yeah, that's how I feel about it. I just feel that, um, in a nutshell. Um, there needs to be sanctions for the social media accounts and I need, there needs, sorry, in terms of the social media um, platforms and there needs to be a much better verification when you do sign up. You are renowned for like being a fierce competitor, um, being an, being like a tough flight tackler and you know what, knowing what, what we would call like the dark ass of football. Do you think like the word of a no nonsense footballer is kind of, kind of almost frowned upon? now you know um what's what's your opinion about that the same way socializing has changed mm. same way that the average player has changed and the type of football has changed and like you know you don't they don't tackle in football no more in the, Bruv, at the top of the game crazy isn't it that, the, the, no one tackles that football in the top of the game so that means that the type of footballers have changed um players don't communicate in the same way so that means that the type of person that plays football has changed in, in my change room when as i said when i was 17 there was you didn't come in at halftime. Halftime, <laughs> you'd be surprised as well. But you didn't come in at full time and just straight onto your phone. It didn't happen. Like, listen, I'm going to change rooms in the game, and the person I see, these guys are just like this. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm not saying I don't know about my phone. Listen, I love my phone. I love mm. it, but that's not how I grew up in football. So that's where that's how that's how the game's changed and that's how it filters into the actual football pitch into the 90 minutes it's funny you say things like um like dark arts or even things like that remember i play at the back so i can't really wind up players like that 
it's interesting people even think that of me. Like, I might tackle someone hard. I might even step on someone's foot by accidentally on purpose. But I don't really give it, you know. And if I do, I know I'm on. I know I'm even more on edge because <laughs> when you play it back, yeah, it takes one moment for that yeah. guy to score against me or his team to score against me or that guy to beat me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've got to be on it for ninety four. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on him. Especially if it's a one-on-one duel or like it's a mm. guy, I'm onto him. But I'm very wary that at a slip of a at a slip of a button, a slip of a beat, he's gonna be like, hmm, "Got ya." I <laughs> <laughs> didn't even play well, by the way. He didn't play well. Kick the ball in. Your back post. He's kicked it in. He's kicked it yeah. in. So he got, me. got me. Yeah. And he will go home and tell everyone that he played really well because he scored. Facts. It's true. And I'll be like, I had him for the whole game. Yeah. God. At one moment. So when I get into these jewels or these players, sometimes I, I know because obviously some of my friends are also in the changing room and they're speaking about these things and they're like, we can get in his head or we can wind him up or, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow, these guys don't realise that I'm competitive, but I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to give it too much because I know what you're going to achieve <laughs> by getting one over me. So when they, that sometimes like, I'm playing in games, man, people are like, they run past me and they just, they'll just they'll bump me with their shoulder. I'm like, <laughs> I, I had no intention of doing this today. I just wanted just to play. Remember, I'm at like, like, the pool down. So I'm also like, I ain't got no intention of this. I'll tell you, as I said, remember, I just played the last five or six years in the playoff finals. So my teams usually win. Yeah. So I'm like, what is that? But then, yeah, just get one. Or I'll be taking a throw in and then the manager will be like, something, something, something. I'll be like, huh? What? What? What, what is this? So mm. I really have a reputation, and I, I and I'm okay. With, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm trust me. I'm it doesn't it doesn't make, it doesn't. I don't really sleep on it. I'm 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 well known for being extremely emotional, um, uh, passionate, whatever we want to say, honest. Yeah, uh, over honest, uh, heavily critical, uh, all of those kind of words about myself and my teammates. And sometimes it's like ah, you don't really need to do that. Whereas when I was growing up. Um, maybe one reason why I survived in Lonely is because I'll come in and, and uh, he could be 26, 27 years old. Hey, listen, what, 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 what was that? What, what was that? And not because I'm bad or because I think anything, anything else, but because we've got a standard. Whereas now you kind of got to like let people have their moment, maybe text them on Sunday morning, come about it from a different angle, um, you know, talk to them again on Monday morning at training, show them a video about what we was talking about. Do you know what I'm saying? Because the message can just get, like, can just get, can just get missed if you don't don't allow people time to breathe. Whereas when I was growing up, we didn't we didn't really need that. It was just like get a message to that person ASAP, and we move on. So um, that also comes that also come with time. By the way, I didn't learn that straight away, and I still don't. I still make that mistake to this day. Today, I make I would make that same mistake about how to deliver a message to even my personal life. Because people are changing and football has definitely changed. Um, I've got some friends and some like associates where I can be really blunt and honest with, but the general um, people around, I have to be very careful how I, how, I, how I transmit my messages because my tone, my energy, my, my body language could just look like a completely different conversation, a completely different sentence. Have you kind of got any, you know, pieces of advice, tips for kind of any young footballers looking to kind of uh, improve their game to the next level? Find a why. Find your why. Find your why if you're going to play football. Like some players play football to get their parents out of a hole. Some players play football because they love football. Some players play football because they're going to be the person that's going to take their to another. Do you know what I'm saying? And one of things like that. Like find your why. So that's going to be the reason why you're going to get out of your bed. That's going to be the reason why you're going to stay behind training. That's going to be the reason why you're going to do something in, in off-season. That's why that's the reason, reason why you're going, to, you're going to do extra in pre-season. If you can find that um, and stick somewhere near that uh, for the long term, it will put you in good stead when um, people start having their opinions of you. I don't know, 16, 17, 18, 19 years old. I believe that's that's the... Um, that's me. That's me saying it in 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 the shortest way possible. Is just like find your reason to play football, because a lot of young boys and girls now they play football because they think that maybe their parents want them to, or that's the thing that they're meant to do. 
as young people, like this country is obviously uh, hev- heavily football, footbally loved, so football loving. So um, people sometimes play football and they don't, and they don't actually realise what they're getting themselves into because football from the playground to the park to the professional game to the senior professional game, it's like it's, this universe is apart universes apart and some people have been professionals you know like friends of mine and they're like it's not for me like, playing professional football isn't for me playing senior football isn't for me playing competitive football actually isn't for me but I love the game so catch me at goals on a Thursday night do you know what I mean because I'm yeah. actually good like yeah. I had I knew a player man like when I was growing up this guy had like the best left foot in the world like, I've never seen a guy like left foot like this. This guy used to breeze past players and get himself out of like it wasn't even that quick either, get himself out of like these tight areas. But I'll be honest, looking back at him now, like I don't know if football was really for him. Like he might just turn around and say to me, like, what do you know? You don't even know me like that. You just played with me on on, on a Saturday or whatever. But and then maybe something was happening in his life. But I'm just saying, in terms of the makeup that it takes to get through even whatever was going on in his life. I just think that there's a certain type of person that uh, has something in them to play football at uh, what is deemed to be a professional level, whether that's League Two, League One, uh, Championship, or the elite in the Prem, and obviously Europe. You need to find your why and stick to that because we all go through something and everyone's something. Is there something? And some people can manage to get over there something and still progress. And some people can't get over there something and then they end up uh, falling out of the game or falling out of love with the game. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure, man. And and um oh, thank and you. And you know, and you know, and it's been an eye eye opener for like me. And um and again I just kind of wish you all all of the best. Please like, subscribe, share, and I'll see you guys real soon. All of that. Take care. Thank you very much. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.